tonight I want to talk to you about this weird word, um, pass the gravy, <laughs> pass the gravy. This is not like a textbook sermon. I don't think you're supposed to make sermons called pass the gravy. Um, so I'm driving through the mountains in Tennessee and I'm praying as I'm driving, um, I think everyone was like trying nap time at that point. Um, everyone but me, because I was driving, um, <clears throat> and just praying about um, where God was wanting me to go in the Word and what He was speaking to us at this point, and uh, gave me two things. Um, the next one I'm going to share in a couple weeks, but this one: pass the gravy. Um, how many of you guys had gravy this week? I had gravy this week. Okay. So I, I pretty much okay. So this does work because you're supposed to like gauge your audience and make sure you're like you pick something that they that like it's familiar to them. And y'all's like I have some gravy, so it's also a little bit of like an obvious because like Thanksgiving and stuff. So yeah. Um, so here's what I want to talk about um, with gravy. I grew up in a very different household than Bethany grew up in. Believe it or not. Okay. Now, I believe because of that, I have seen two different aspects when it comes to gravy. Now, there may be a lot more than this. I don't know for sure. But I'm just going to tell you from my experience, I've seen two different views of this whole gravy phenomenon, okay? In my household, gravy was nothing more than something that you kind of like had to put out. It was like an accessory. It wasn't like no one, just so you know, and Brian, maybe you'll tell me if I'm wrong, no one in my family has ever had a conversation, a real conversation, about gravy after Thanksgiving specifically. I don't, I've never had one. Um, unless, Brian, did you ever throw the gravy at anyone? No. So there's no good, juicy story about the gravy in our household. Like, it was just, it was just like an accessory. Like, you just had it there, right? Um, no one really raved about it. Until I met Bethany's family... And the Pendergrass Thanksgiving thing, it's like people will literally choose the gravy as their favorite thing from the meal. Like, I mean, you think, there's a lot of different things at the meal. And it's not because, hold on, it's not because everything else is so bad. People are like, oh, I guess the gravy. Because <laughs> that would, would kind of sound like that. It's like it's like the star. Like it, it like it elevates everything. Like they, they get super excited. Like literally Bethany Bethany, I can remember going to like I'm just excited for mom's gravy. Like that was literally like they were so excited about that. And so the first time like I started hearing all this, I'm like, It's gravy, guys. Like I mean, come on, come on. Like I've watched my mom make it out of a packet for years. It's not that big of a deal. Right? Apparently there's more than one way to make gravy. <laughs> You can do it without the packet. I didn't, so it's weird. It's weird. So I say all this to say, you know, so I'm, I'm, I'm driving, and, and, I, and I, this thought just pops in my head. And I'm not, I'm not a gravy guy unless it's biscuits and gravy. And then I'm like straight crazy town, okay? Um, we did have that when we were in Tennessee. But this phrase comes to mind, pass the gravy. And so I'm like, what? Because uh, it's just not something typical. So I'm going to ask you, we're going to, we're going to dig in the word here a little bit. We're going to go to Matthew chapter 7 is where we're going to start. I want to read a couple verses in Matthew, um, and I'm going to get to the concept of why I'm saying pass the gravy. Can you guys say pass the gravy? I, I, I actually don't have any gravy. Um, I don't have any today. Um, not my jam, I guess. Turn, turn to Matthew 7, verses 7 and 8 is what we're going to read. And this is what it says. It says, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. The one who seeks, finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. So I asked you this question about um, passing the gravy. How many of you have ever in your life possibly said something along the lines of, could you pass me the gravy? I've, I've said it. Okay, okay, okay. So we've got some people here that have asked that question. How many of you, when you've asked someone to pass you the gravy, has that person downright refused to pass you the gravy and you never were able to consume that gravy? 
Okay, good. I planned that everyone would say no, because if someone would have said yes, I was planning on Rob sticking his hand up anyways, just to toy with me, but... <laughs> the reality is, is that, that that simple question is literally, it's, it's so... Um, it's so unimportant in terms of the, the, the words that we use that your long-term memory isn't going to even place that you asked, right, to, to get the gravy. It's just not that important of a detail, right? Pass the gravy. And so as I was driving and thinking about this, um, pass the gravy, I thought about how, how trivial it is to often ask that question or how little of a detail that it may bring or change in your situation, in your meal, or whatever it is, right? But the question is, I think we have fallen into a trap of being afraid to ask God simple things like, could you pass the gravy? Because what we do is we look at them as trivial. They're so minimal. It's not that big of a deal. I'm not going to bother him with this or whatever it is. We're afraid to ask that. But if we look at what Matthew 7 says, it says ask and it will be what to you? Given, right? It says the one who asks receives, the one who seeks finds, and the one who knocks, the door will be opened. See, we fall into this trap because if you look at that word, does it say, um, if you go to seven real quick, does it say ask for the really big complicated things that you can't seem to find on your own and it will be given to you? No. It just says ask. And see, we want to overcomplicate what really the word is telling us to do. We know that the word tells us literally to ask. And what we have done is we have gotten into a habit of not asking. We have gotten into a habit of trying to do, right? And the reality is, is we are beings that require, we require a God who is going to reach out, who is going to fill needs, who is going to open doors, who is going to do all these things. And when we get that backwards and we think that, we can kind of do this thing on our own. We can kind of figure this thing out. We can just kind of do it the way we've always kind of done it or the way so-and-so did it or the way so-and-so did it. We miss the part that it is perfectly good and it is expected for us to rely on God, not on ourselves. And so when, when, we, when we see this, I, I just began thinking the, this, this simple, simple question. And God wants us to bring the simplest and the most complicated things to him that we have. Everything that we have, we should be bringing to him. Everything. And when we think about this, this idea, I just keep thinking, God, we know that your word tells us this. Most people know this scripture. They've heard it. They've probably even said it. But the reality is, are we living it? Are we living out our lives where we are asking, we are seeking, we are knocking? Are we pressing in to understand what God really has or wants for us? That is the question that we have to answer. So knowing this word, knowing that we all know this, why do we miss this so often? There are so many people who miss connecting and reaching out to God because they miss this very simple process of asking. Psalm 10.4. I'm going to put this up here. This is what it says. It says, in his pride, the wicked man does not seek him. In his pride, the wicked man does not seek him. In all his thoughts, there is no room for God. See, we think that we need to keep it all together. And I'll tell you what, I'll tell you who's the worst for this is the men. We're really bad at this because we think we got to keep it polished. We think we got to keep it together. You know, um, I heard uh, someone once, I can't remember where it was, um, someone was asking a guy that, that I knew, I, I can't remember where it was, asking him if he has ever cried, and he's like, I don't cry, you know. Uh, um, it's all right to cry, dudes. I've cried. You guys have probably all seen me cry at this point now. Um, the reality is it's, it's, it's the pride that keeps us from seeking him. Pride is one of the things, you know, we say that, that uh, um, pride, uh, what's the scripture? Um, pride comes before fall, right? And the reality is, is when we, we allow ourselves to be God in this story, we mess it all up, guys. Every single one of us. When we think that we can just take things in our own hands as opposed to putting them in his hands, we miss it. 
And the other thing that we do is we think that it's trivial. We decide that what we ask, what we are asking for is it's not that big of a deal that we should just handle it ourselves. You know, I've heard people say, well, I'm not going to pray to God about this. He's got world hunger to deal with or whatever it is, right? I've heard that a hundred times. God cares about every single detail of your life. Where we miss it is we don't ask him to pass the gravy. Does that make sense? That, that work? I think maybe. We need to be willing to ask him for the simplest of things in our lives because he cares about them. He's interested in them. And the problem is, is when you take him out of the little things, it's not too far along where you, you just completely take him from the big things. He's not driving the direction that you're going because you're just, you're making all of the decisions. And it's easy to do that. It's easy to do that because there's everyone else around you telling you the decision that you should make or the decision that makes sense, or whatever it might possibly be. But the reality is, is that we need to ask, seek, and knock. We need to get back to a place where we are actually having conversations with the God of the universe. We have to stop thinking that we are the center of the universe and just make up all these decisions on our own. Because that's not the way it's designed to work, guys. It's not the way it's designed to work. I'm going to ask you to turn with me to Isaiah chapter 30. Because this is what you need to understand. We need to get past this idea that it's these trivial things don't matter. That God doesn't care about them. That God isn't interested in them. And that he doesn't want anything to do about it. And what we have to understand is that God wants to be in your situation. Now, some of you will say that my situation is a hot mess but it's still your situation, and he still wants to be in it. Isaiah chapter 30. We're going to read verses 18 and 19 here. And these first seven, eight words is just where it's at, guys. This is, this is what we have to understand about the God that we serve, is this is what the word says about him. It says in verse 18, Yet the Lord longs to be gracious to you. You hear that? This is, this is God, the Father who sent his son for you. The word tells us that he longs to be gracious to you. See, we want to minimize so many things in our life, and we want to keep them from God. We want to hide them from God. But what the word says is that the Lord longs to be gracious to you. It goes on to say, therefore, he will rise up to show you compassion. For the Lord is a God of justice. Blessed are all who wait for him. People of Zion who live in Jerusalem, you will weep no more. How gracious he will be, right here is where it's at, guys, when you cry for help. How gracious he will be when you cry for help. As soon as he hears, he will answer you. So there's two things here. First off, blessed are those who do what for him? Wait for him. Now, I'll be honest with you. I'm not like a super duper pooper person when it comes to being patient. Okay? I'm not typically a patient dude. Mostly patient in terms of things I want to get done, things I want to accomplish. Bethany is the same way. Like when we set our minds to want to do something, we're just like, we got to do it. Like we got to just go all in. So yesterday, um, yesterday since I was off of work, uh, Bethany was like, we're going to finish putting that fence in is what we're going to do. So um, I'm like, all right, let's do it. And uh, now Bethany's vision of putting the fence in is usually way more than just the fence. Um, and there's a lot of me talking to her to try to bring her back to earth like, honey, it's, it, that's not going to happen today. You understand that, right? And uh, so there's a lot of good conversation there that we try to figure out what we are going to do. And so um, yesterday we put in, I think I calculated 250 feet of split rail fence at our house, okay? We put in a lot of fence yesterday, okay? I'm uh, physically, I'm nearly dead right now. Um, it is by the grace of God that I am standing here today. Um, but the reality is, is that patience is what I need more of. Because it says to us that those who wait on the Lord, blessed are those. 
right? See, we want to decide that God needs to do something now. And if God isn't doing something now, we want to get involved and we want to go ahead and do it for him, right? And last time I checked, I am not God. You are not God. So we need to leave some of those things to him, right? Blessed are those that wait for him. But the thing is, is that here's the real question. When does it say that he will be gracious to us? When we do what? When we cry out for help. See, this goes back to that whole concept of asking God for help. See, we, we, want, to, we want to wait. We want to, to withhold things. We want to kind of keep it to ourselves. We don't want to talk to anyone about it because if anyone knew that I was dealing with this or if anyone knew that I had an issue with this, everyone would start talking about me. They would say crazy things about me, and then they wouldn't let me sit on the first pew. I'd have to sit on the last pew, and then this would happen. And then, like We come up with these crazy theories in our brains as to why we can't seek God out. And we can't sit there and talk to someone else about what's really going on in our lives. And the reality is, is it's like, it's like we don't even understand who he really is still at this point in our lives. John 4.10, Jesus said this to the woman at the well. If you know the gift of God and who is asking you for a drink, you would have asked him. And he would have given you living water. See, Jesus said, Jesus said you don't even know who you're talking to. And I feel like right now, God is looking at so many of us, and he's just saying, you don't even know who you're talking to, guys. This is the God of the universe who is incredibly interested in every single aspect of our lives. And what we do, though, is we try to keep it all in, try to keep it all together. And we're missing the whole fact that God wants to be in our situation. He longs to be gracious to you. See, the, the question is, is when are we going to ask him to get involved in our situation? Unfortunately, most of the time we ask him to get involved in our situation is when like our face is a straight train wreck and we've been like, our face has been plowed into the ground and we're like near death experience and then we're like, oh yeah, that Jesus thing. Jesus, Right? That's what we do. But that's not the way it was designed to work. You know, that song I've talked about before is that, um, that says, uh, he was meant to be so much more than just your God of emergencies. See, that is the God that we serve. He wants to be in our situation. That fear, that pain, that problem, whatever it is, we need to allow God to step in and we need to hand it over to him. Not hold on to it for him. Handed over to him. See, that's, that's, that's the whole thing we have to get. We are working our own plans, and, and they appear good. Like, you can, just so you know, you can do good things, and they cannot be God things, right? You know that, right? Like, you can do good things, and it can totally not be a God thing. And a lot of people do good things thinking they're doing God things, but they're not God things because that's not what God told them to do. There's a lot of different ways that happens. Isaiah 22, 9 through 13. You might want to turn to this. Isaiah 22. If they appear good, we want to call them of God, things that we're doing. If things are going good, it's of God, right? God's really blessing. God's really doing this. And if there's anything that's, that's not good that happens, we want to call it an attack from the enemy. That's how, we, that's how we bucket things. Good things of God, bad things, attack of the enemy, okay? But I want to read to you what Isaiah 22 says. Verses 9 through 13 says this. This is the prophet speaking uh, to Jerusalem here. It says, You saw that the walls of the city of David were broken through in many places. You stored up water in the lower pool. You counted the buildings in Jerusalem and tore down houses to strengthen the wall. Not bad things, right? Took down houses because they needed to strengthen the wall. They were doing things that they, they felt like they needed to do, right? You built a reservoir between the two walls and the, for the water of the old pool. But right here is where it says it. But you did not look to the one who made it or have regard for the one who planned it long ago. The Lord, the Lord Almighty, called you on that day to weep and to wail, to tear out your hair and put on sackcloth. But see, there is joy and revelry 
slaughtering of cattle and killing of sheep, eating of meat and drinking of wine. Let us eat and drink, you say, for tomorrow we die. See, this, this prophecy was explaining two problems, okay? The first problem was that they didn't consult God. They were doing good things. They weren't bad in nature. They were helping strengthen the wall. They were making sure to keep the water. All these things weren't bad things. But the problem is what they didn't do is they didn't seek the one. They didn't seek God. Now, see, guys, we can go on and we can do good things, but they can not be God things. We can do things that we think that, that, are, that are, are pleasant, that are, are, are favorable, and all these things. But if they're not God things, we're going to miss it. And if you look, the second issue is that they were disobedient. See, God had told them that you needed to go into a time of mourning. And what did they do? They celebrated. <laughs> right? Now, that sounds crazy to us, right? It sounds completely absurd that, um, that God would tell someone to do something, and then they, they wouldn't do it. They would do literally the opposite. How often do we do that? Oh, my gosh. All the time, right? All the time. And it's so funny because we can read it in here and be like, oh, my gosh. You know, I can't believe the Israelites complained. God was giving them this, and God was giving them that, and God was giving them this. What a bunch of whiny babies. And then we whine, <laughs> right? It's what we do. See, this, the, the thing is, is that what we have to understand is God wants to be in our situation. He wants us to come to him. Just in this situation, what the prophet was telling us is that you didn't go to God. And so often we take the reins and we try to figure things out. And it's all because we don't want to ask. We don't want to look weak. Not just to God, but in front of each other here, right? We get, we get intimidated and afraid to actually go before the throne and lay down, some lay down some junk, guys. Lay down some stuff that's in our life. Lay down some things that we've experienced. Lay down some things that we've gone through. We refuse to go forward and do that because we're concerned about everything else. Let me tell you, in your life, things are going to get a whole lot messier before they get cleaner. It's the way it happens. Things get a whole lot messier before things get really cleaned up. And see, here's the problem. I think about this whole pass the gravy concept, right? And the reality is, is, is really where this is coming to is that in our lives, in Christianity, we have gotten gravy all wrong. Okay? Does that make sense? Maybe. See, gravy is an, it's an accessory. It really is. Okay? Now, I'm just going to, now, I, that might be fighting words for some of you. Um, gravy is an accessory. It is something that is intended to help elevate the flavors of something else. That's what it's intended to do. What, as much as Bethany's family loves gravy, I have yet to see any of them just sit down with a bowl of gravy. Okay? That's how I know it's an accessory. If they start to eat it with a spoon, I'm going to get freaked out. Okay? Because that's just, that's either some, like, straight crazy gravy or something's straight crazy with them, right? The problem is we mistake things that God intended for us as accessories. We look at different things that his word has called us to, and we look at them as an add-on, right? And not as a part of the base package. <laughs> Does that make sense, I think? Right? First John 1 through 9. This is where I think we really miss this, guys. 1 John 1, 9 says this. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive Listen, I think the reality is, is we have seen and we have made forgiveness of sins like this in our lives. We have cheapened it, and we have cheapened grace as a result of it. Because literally, we, we just take, you know, we just, hey, I'm just going to do my life. I'm going to sprinkle a little forgiveness on here every now and then when things get a little crazy, when I'm doing something I shouldn't be doing. I'm just going to get my little touch of forgiveness, and then I'm going to be okay. But this says if we confess our sins. And the reality is, is that we aren't getting to a place where we are truly confessing, where we are really going to God with a broken heart about our situation, about where we are, we're not taking things to God anymore. We're trying to take care of them 
ourselves. And we've gotten this all wrong. We have, mista- we have mistaken forgiveness of sin as gravy. It's an add-on. Every now and then, I need a little forgiveness, and so I'll get a little bit more because it'll help with the rest of everything I got going on. And that's not what we're supposed to do. See, we have to allow God to get into our situation, into our sin, guys, straight up in your face, in, this, in whatever it is that you're in, and you got to open up your heart and let God do something with it. And the problem is, is we hide so much from even God and from even people in here that we're not willing to come to him and just pour it out because we're afraid. We're intimidated. And listen, this, this place here, this place in, is intended to be a place where you rip your heart out before God. Where you, where you lay down and you just, you let go of everything that is just building up on you, that has been building up for so long that you've been ashamed to talk about, that you've been afraid to talk about, that you haven't wanted anyone to hear about. This is that place, guys. This is that place. And when we, when we get this whole thing wrong and we refuse to even go to God for forgiveness, just missing it all. See, he wants, he longs to be gracious to you, right? The real challenge becomes the forgiveness that we're accessing today. This is, this is what I want you to think about. The forgiveness that you are accessing today. When you are asking for forgiveness, are you asking for yourself to forgive yourself of whatever's just happened? Or wherever you've just been? Or whatever you've just done? Or what you've just experienced? Whatever it is, right? Is it are you really asking yourself for that peace? Are you really talking to God? Are you really laying it out to him where you're asking for forgiveness for whatever it is, guys? I'm not, I'm not trying to put, put a, a, a note in saying, thus saith the Lord, this is what your sin is or anything like that. But what I'm saying is that we've gotten this wrong and that we've, we have forsaken the whole idea of asking for forgiveness, There's not a person in this room that doesn't need forgiveness. See, and the problem is, is that we're just too afraid to ask him to pass the gravy, right? We're too afraid to ask the simple things. We're too afraid to sometimes get on our face and just say, God, forgive me. God, I've, I've messed up. God, I've missed it. God, I've tried to take things on my own. I've tried to fix situations that I wasn't supposed to fix. I've tried to get my hands in things that I wasn't supposed to get my hands in. I've fallen back into this, into that, or whatever it is. We have to get to a place where we have broken hearts and we go before the Lord. God wants to stir that in us. See, because When we can get back to the place where we are asking, you know what will happen? We'll receive. When we seek, we will find. When we knock, that door will be opened. But all of those those things are dependent on movement from you. Not from me. Not from Beth. Not from Brian. Not from anyone. But you. It's completely up to you. There's nothing that I can do. There's nothing I can coerce you into doing. There's nothing I can say to you that's necessarily going to get you. It is, it is something that happens between here and here, right? There's a, there's a book that um, Bethany has um, that we've, we've read. It's like a devotional book, and it's uh, um, called The 18-Inch Journey because they say it's usually about 18 inches from your head to your heart. And it is an incredible, incredible book, okay? But the whole thing, guys... We have to be willing to make that journey. And we have to get to the point where we are talking to God, asking him, seeking for him, knocking, because he longs to be gracious to us. It doesn't matter how simple that request is, guys. It doesn't matter how complicated it is. got to get back to going before the throne of God and really speaking to him about what's going on in our lives. And we have to, we have to not only do that here, we have, to, we have to do that with each other, to be honest enough to talk to each other. Listen, uh, the, the strength that comes from being a part of a body of Christ is when we come together, right? It's when we come together to pray for each other 
to love on each other, to work as a body that is intended. Listen, the body can't function without its parts, right? And in every single one of you, you have purpose and you have a place. And the reality is that I can't, I can't begin to go through stuff that I go through by myself, right? I need you and you need me and you guys need each other. But the reality is, is that we have to get to the point where we're going to be willing to ask even the trivial things, right? Like pass the gravy, right? We have to be willing to ask. And then we will receive. I'm going to ask you to stand with me. We're going to get ready to close here in a minute. Tiff, you can just stay there, actually. Um, I want to do something different tonight when we get ready to close. But I, here, here's the thing. We have to stop mistaking the meat for gravy when it comes to the Word of God. See, forgiveness of sins is not a light thing. It is incredibly powerful. It is, it, it is literally empowering to you to be able to go to the throne of God and ask for forgiveness for whatever it is. Now, I'm not, again, I'm not saying that there's any specific thing that the Lord's telling me right now, but I believe that there are some people that are in this house that need to lay some things down at Jesus' feet, that needs to be able to just open up and just let it out. Listen, the, um, what, what the prophet was upset about was because literally what he said, he said that you were supposed to, the Lord called you to weep and to wail, to mourn, to mourn. There is a time where God is going to prick your heart, where your heart is going to need to cry out to God in such a way that you might not even understand it. It might even make you uncomfortable. But you need to let go of some things. And what we have been guilty of is holding on to so much, so much because we think we have to, because we think we need to be strong. When the whole time God is there saying, I am longing to be gracious to you. I am longing to be with you. I am longing to step into your situation. I am longing to be there for you. But we refuse to ask. So tonight, here's what I want, I want to do. I want to open up this altar for you to come lay down some things before God. Ask him for some things. I don't care how simple they are. I don't care how crazy they are. I believe that tonight is a night that God has intended for us to come before him and ask him for some things. It may be for the salvation of someone in your family. It may be for your own salvation. It may be, it may be for something so big that you have been so concerned to share it with anyone because you don't know what it's going to do or how it's going to push you or stretch you or whatever it may be. It may be something that someone has done to you, that you have been hurt, that you have been damaged, that you have felt like you haven't been able to go on, and this is a time for you to come to God and lay it down. Come ask him to do something miraculous in your life because I'm telling you now, he longs to be gracious to you, to you. Wherever you are, whatever you say, no matter what you've done, he longs to be gracious to you. That's, that's the God that we serve. And so here, here's, what I'm, here's what I'm going to do. I, I, and I want to start doing this every week. This is, um, I think that as, as I look at what God is doing in our services, there are three things that God continue, has continued to speak to me over and over and over. This has probably been at least three months that I've been praying through this, okay? And as I, as I look at service, I look at worship where we worship the Lord. I look at a time of receiving, right, where we receive the word, we hear the word. But now I believe that God is moving us into a time of responding. See, if we are hearers only, right, what good is that? It's no good. That's what the word tells us. It, says, it tells us not to be hearers only. And so I believe that God is calling us to a time of response, 
a time to respond to the word, to respond to whatever God is speaking to you. Because here's what I'll tell you, is that for everyone that, that hears the word of God, it is striking something different from every single person. Everyone's not going to necessarily come together and say, this is my, our issue. We all have this one issue, Tom, right? There are different things that you are going to take to God based off of your heart, based off of your situation, and based off of where God is longing to be gracious to you. I don't know what that is. And you don't have to necessarily tell me what that is. But God is calling you to respond to the word of God. He wants us to respond because he wants us to leave here changed. He doesn't want us to push through those doors, guys, and go back into our pit. He does, this is not what God has intended for us. If, if we wanted to make this all about regimen and routine, we would always start on time. We would, we would always have all of our ducks in a row. I probably would speak about something better than pass the gravy. I would have someone doing something smarter or better than that. But the reality is, is if we do all that, guys, it it doesn't change anything. We have to respond to the word of God. However that looks for you, I am not going to judge it. I am not going to talk about it. I am going to rejoice in what God is doing. But we need to respond to the word. We need to allow the word to break some stuff out of us. Now for you, that may mean, and this, listen, this is, this is where the altar for me has always been a place of change. Altars have always been a place of change. Bethany and I have talked about this for, for months, is that this has been a place that in our lives there are monumental things that have taken place when we've come to the altar, when we've laid something down before God, when we've been willing and bold enough to come ask him, Right? He has changed situations, he has changed life, and it becomes this act of obedience where we step out because we feel like God is wanting to do something in my life today. I don't even know what it is. And it may be you coming down here and praying, or it may be you saying, grabbing, grabbing Brian or Jody or whoever it is and saying, hey, I, could you pray for me? Could you pray for me? Whatever it is, and you don't even have to say what it is, allow us to pray for you because what God wants us to do is respond to his word. We're not going to be hearers only. We're going to be doers of the word. And that means we have to be changed. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to ask Chris, uh, we have a a worship video that we're going to play. um, And I want to open up this altar for a time of prayer. If there is something that you need in your life, something that has been bothering you, something that has been keeping you from doing what God has, has really put in your heart, Something that you have thought it was so trivial that you've been afraid to even ask him to do. I want you to come and I want you to pour your heart out to God because he longs to be gracious to you. Chris, if you would, go ahead and play. You are free to come, pray however you would feel. And if you need someone to pray for you, just ask any of us and we'll be glad to pray for you. But God wants to shake something up within you today. He wants to change something in you today, right now. How I live for the moment and you just have to be willing when I'm still in your to allow him to do it. And all down. Lord, speak to me now. You have all my attention. And I will linger listen. I can't miss a thing. And Lord, I know my heart wants more of you. My heart wants something new. So I surrender all. Oh uh-huh. 
God, we thank you for your word tonight. God, we thank you for encouraging us, God. And I just pray that you would help us to be a people that would ask. God, help us to be a people that will seek you out, a God that will know you. And God, I just I pray that your word will continue to change us as we go into this week. God, that it would continue to shake us. That, God, you would give us great divine direction in every step that we take. God, I pray for the things that you are doing in our hearts and in our minds and in our families. God, I thank you for it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 I want to say thank you for being with us tonight, for worshiping the Lord with us. 
Um, I do I do appreciate it. Um, I got one thing before we head out to um, dinner tonight. Again, we're going to go to O'Charlie's. Anyone is welcome uh, to come join us for that. Um, it's going to be a great time. Uh, but uh, next week is our um, last gathering of the year, actually. Um, now that will not last like church gathering, but the gathering, that would be weird. Um, the gathering um, for December. And so we are going to be having a Christmas meal um, next week. And Jody and Sherry are going to be taking care of the game, and they've got something fun um, planned, but we are going to need your help. So, Jody, if you would come kind of speak and explain what, uh, what they need to be prepared for next week. Thanks, Tom. Hello? Oh, there we go. Um, so next week, uh, what we really would like to do, what we think would be a lot of fun, is we want to do a white elephant gift exchange. Along with the white elephant gift exchange, we got some other games planned. Um, but for those of you who don't know what a white elephant gift exchange is, I'm going to explain. And for those of you who think you know, you might not really know. So... Uh, because I've been to White Elephant Gift Exchanges where people brought really nice gifts, okay? I'm not encouraging you to bring something that's not nice, but the idea of the White Elephant Gift Exchange is to bring something that you already have. Uh, this is, I believe, how re-gifting was invented. So bring something from your home, some usable item that you already have that you think somebody else would want, and we're going to, what we're going to do is I'll, um, bring the item wrapped, but do not put a tag on it as far as anything that could identify it as yours. We're going to put them in a we're going to put them in a pile. We're going to play a little game to, as far as uh, choosing them, and then we've got some other things planned. It'll it'll be good times. Will be had for all. Um, also, um, if anyone has children. Um, we would like you to, and by children, I'm going to say, we're going to just, uh, I'm just going to say 18, 18 and under. Um, if you are bringing children, have the children bring um, a gift that costs $5 or less and something for, that could be for either a girl or a boy. So, um, and come to have a good time. Uh, anything else? Um, okay, we're gonna we're gonna do, do we know does anybody uh, any can I get a show of hands of how many is planning on going to Charlie's? Okay, all right. So we we have a we have a yeah. My wife's saying that the gifts needs to be wrapped. If, so I'm going to reiterate that one more time. Wrap your gift and. Um, if you think about it, you might bring something a little extra because I guarantee you there's going to be people who weren't here tonight who don't see it on Facebook, and they're going to show up. We don't want them to feel like, oh, I can't be involved in this because I didn't bring a gift. So if you got a little something extra, you can just say, hey, I got something out here in my car. That could be your gift. So uh, It can be food, We but... Uh, you know, Tom's shaking his head. Tom likes food, so, yeah. Tom said just no gravy, okay? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So no no jello molds and, and no cats, okay? That's all I'm asking, so. Okay. Okay. All right, so uh, so it looks like we're going to have about 15 to 20 people for um, for Charlie so I'll head out and get that so thanks a lot Hey guys, real quick, before everybody leaves, I know none of you know my sister, but um, I really would like to just ask that everybody please be interceding for her tomorrow. Tomorrow she has surgery for an injury. She fell down about 10 steps this week right before Thanksgiving and broke four bones within her shoulder and her arm, literally breaking off the ball of the humerus inside the socket. 
and she is a cake decorator. She cleans houses. So we are just really praying that she comes back like the bionic woman, and she's stronger than she was. So her name's Kelly. If you guys can please just remember her this week. I wanna be different 